Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Welcome to the fourth episode in the special series titled Reinventing Hybrid Learning Events, created in collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference 2022. In this episode, we will discuss the reasons for selecting a specific technology platform, the pros and cons of not selecting an off-the-shelf platform, and how to start designing an online experience. In-person events are slowly returning, and the future is hybrid. Creating a successful hybrid class, conference, or meeting requires new skills. In this collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference 2022, we explore the different aspects of how to create a successful hybrid event. In the months leading up to the conference, we follow the journey of how the Learning Ideas Conference prepares a new hybrid experience for June 2022. The Learning Ideas Conference is dedicated to reimagining education and workplace learning, using new technologies to provide us with new opportunities. With the goal to always innovate, in 2022, the Learning Ideas Conference is creating new approaches to hybrid experiences and exploring what collaboration and networking could be in a hybrid environment. In this special series of the Art and Science of Learning podcast, we follow the progress of creating this new hybrid experience, discuss the best practices in the field, and share useful tips on creating a successful hybrid event. I'm very happy to have back on the podcast the founder of the Learning Ideas Conference. Dr. David Gorelnik is president and CEO of Kaleidoscope Learning and a consultant specialized in the use of technology to improve job performance. He is also the current president of the International E-Learning Association, founder and chair of the Learning Ideas Conference, and an adjunct professor at Columbia University. David has been the first to create e-learning-specific authoring tool and the award-winning Watch, Rate, and Compare e-learning approach. David has won over 200 awards in the e-learning industry, and his unique approach to his consulting and project work has saved over $2 billion due to improved employee performance for Fortune 500 and multinational clients such as Target, IBM, GE, Time Warner, and many others. David focuses his deep knowledge of the industry to reimagine learning in higher education and the workplace. Thank you so much, David, for coming back on the podcast. Thanks so much. It's great to be back again. It's great to have you back and to continue our series on reinventing hybrid learning events. So before we jump into this phase, which is personalizing the technology platform, which is the phase you and your team for the Learning Ideas Conference are at, but before then, how are things going for with the conference preparations? Yeah, June, June is coming up. It's not that far away. Uh, the preparations are, are going well, though. There's a, there's a lot to do, but uh, you know, a lot of people are already registering for the conference and the, you know, the program is getting together pretty well. We're you know, going to finalize a, a few final speakers, make sure they can, um, they can decide whether they're coming online or, or in person and a couple of people from overseas to make sure they can, can make it if they're going to come in person. And then we should be set. So the, the final program should be out in April and 
uh, people are registering, the people who are writing papers are sending papers. So they, you know, the people on the academic side often write a paper to go along with their talk. Everything is, everything's moving. That is really good. And yes, time is fast approaching to June, but that sounds really good and, and exciting. So this being the fourth episode of, of our series, we will discuss the platform that you have demoed. So in the previous episode, in the third episode, we discussed the demoing process, how you and your team went through trying out different tech platforms that will support the conference. Now you have finalized, you have made a decision on which tech platform that you will go with. So can you tell me a little bit about what you decided on? Sure. Um, so what we ended up doing was choosing a platform that's called Introvoke. And the big difference between Introvoke and the other platforms that we looked at is that Introvoke is uh, really more a series of components than it is a standalone platform. So what that essentially means is it has, for example, a meeting component that you can embed into a website in a couple different ways, technically. And then that enables our team to design and build the experience that we want and put the, the meeting components where we want. And there's a networking component as well. So those are kind of the two primary components that Introvoke has to offer. And so the, the meeting component handles all the things that you know you see in a Zoom meeting. It also does something that I, I really like and we've we've used uh, we've had in some systems that we've used before in that it lets it will play videos that are already online. So from YouTube or from some other services. And so one of the things about presenters who play videos as part of their presentation is they play a lot better if they're already playing from a server and not uh, shared on your local machine. It's, it slows it down. And it, especially in Zoom, it's kind of a clunky process. You kind of, you know, it takes a few button presses and you have to be logged into Zoom in the right way and a whole bunch of things. So that's one of the things we really liked about the backend system. But then this also puts us in a position of having some, some flexibility in terms of what our experience is like for our, our participants and our presenters. You told me a little bit about why you made the choices for the platform, but do you see any kind of compromises or challenges? Because obviously it's always a give and take when you end up choosing something. It's it's probably quite rare to find something that is exactly what you are looking for, regardless of, of what kind of event you're hosting. So was there some kind of a give and take in, in your decision? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the high level give and take and, and just the, you know, so the big picture decision points really are about how much we how much work we're going to do from here. Two of the major competitors that we looked at are Hopin and Hoover. Hoover's one that we used before once um, last year, and Hopin's another one that we've considered that's that's actually just keeps keeps growing. And those are both really off the shelf, ready to go. Like you, you know, you want to have a conference next week, you could probably pull it off, right? Okay. I mean, you, you know, you have to set up your talks, you have to set up some links, and there's there's work to do, but the system is the system. Mm -hmm. The downside of that is you know, the system is the system. So in other words, it's going to look and feel like what Hopin or Hoover look like. There's some level of customization and configuration, but not really, you know, that's not really what their market is. The market is have something that's off the shelf and ready to go, right? You get that quickly and you're also stuck with it if it's not exactly the experience that, that you want. Advantage to us to the intro plan, but there are, of course, the trade-offs is that we can build something that's much more customized to our needs and the needs of our participants and audience. And, you know, as a company that spends its time doing user experience and learner experience and all of these things, that's a great opportunity for us. But it is more work, it's more effort, it's more, you know, effort in a fairly short time. And it, you know, it's not, if we were making this decision in May, we really couldn't pull it off. We have to make this decision by the time that we made it. 
and it requires expertise that not every company running a conference would necessarily have in-house, right? So, you know, technical expertise, user experience design expertise, a lot of the things that we do as a, as a company in our online learning business, which really is our kind of our, our sweet spot, our company's core area, not something that a, a company that runs conferences would necessarily have. And so there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of give and take in, in that way in terms of what resources do you have? What people can you afford to put on it? What, how much time do you have? Whenever you're programming something that's, you know, there's a sort of level of risk that's a little different than when you're taking something that's already off the shelf. There's just some, you know, more development and testing and making sure everything works correctly in, in all situations and all that. And so we felt this was a really nice balance, especially because the video meeting components are, are there and the networking components are there. And that's, you know, I think building, building that would have been way too much for us to want to take on uh, in the time that we have for probably any reasonable time. And there are other things out there. So that's kind of what got us to, to where we are, but it's uh, yeah, there absolutely are pros and cons uh, of both sides and, and financially too. Uh, the pricing for Intervoke will be less than, for example, hop in, but then the overall total cost is probably going to end up being comparable because we have to, to do more work on our end. And that's, you know, of course got its, you know, yes. have to account for all the people who are working on it. Absolutely. No, those are really, really important points because of course, uh, one of our objectives with this special series is that people who are going to be designing and building hybrid events, hybrid learning experiences to have some really great ideas on how you and your team are going through this process and the choices that you're making and challenges that you also have and how you work around it. But those are really important points, I think, to highlight is, first of all, the amount of time that you have, you made sure that you were doing this really far in advance so that you have the time to make these modifications. The resources in terms of having a team of people who are working on the technology aspect, but also on the learning design. I mean, this is your specialty. This is what the conference is about. And you're really putting into practice a lot of the things that you in your own conference that you do for other people, which is design good learning experiences. So that is definitely something that we can all learn from, but at the same thing to consider when people are choosing their own platform. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's another thing that's a nice outgrowth of, of this process. And, and you know, we can talk about this over, over the summer, perhaps, and talk about it after the conference, which is after people have experienced the conference this year, there may be things that, you know, I mean, first of all, there may be things that we want to do that we just can't in the, in the time that we have, but there also may be things that come up in the conversations with, with speakers and participants and in our own experience about things that we might want to do to make changes or to add on more features or more change the experience in certain ways. And all those things are possible. We can, you know, we can build on this, right? So, you mm -hmm. know, what, when we're building something on our own in this way, it's not necessarily the end, right? So we're not as reliant on, well, you know, Oppen looks like a pretty good product, but, you know, we really want them to add X. And if they don't add X, then we're just not going to get X. And so we have, again, there are the trade-offs where we have to take the time to design it. We have to take the time to build it. We have to spend the money to do so, but we do have that control and kind of can look at this as something that can evolve over time based on people's feedback, based on how the world changes. There yes. are, you know, also things that even if we design the absolute 100% perfect experience for people this year, next year might be different. You know, there Absolutely. just might be some things that have come along that have changed in either technology or the way that people want to use things or the culture that people have established around hybrid events or, or all those things. So mm -hmm. it gives us a, a lot of flexibility, I think, moving, moving forward. Yeah, that's what good learning is about, continuously improving and uh, reflecting and changing. And so let's dig a little bit deeper into the fact that this is not an off-the-shelf product. So you told me a little bit about the fact that it's customizable. Was there a specific reason why you chose this particular 
not off the shelf product. So, so you decided to go with something that is customizable. What are the main decisions that you had to make in terms of why it's important to be customizable? You know, we might have made a different decision if we'd seen something off the shelf and we said, hey, this just really does everything that we want in a way that we like for our particular environment. And we didn't happen to run across that, which is not necessarily criticism of what's out there. I mean, the, you know, the, the platforms out there reaching a wide audience. I think a lot of the platforms that we saw were focused, there was a focus on, I guess, a couple of things. One was some of them had almost kind of more of a, you know, a marketing angle than we really want to have, right? Like there was kind of this idea of, you know, a lot was, you know, we're going to help you sign people up. We're going to market this for you. And, and that's not really what we're looking for. And we're sort of, I mean, I think we're a fun conference. We're sort of almost, I want to say we're a more serious conference, but it isn't quite, you know, it's not, you know, we're not the consumer electronics show. It's a conference that's kind of got a different, a different feel to that. And so I think that was part of it. Um, the interfaces feels like there are a lot of steps to get to the things that you might really want to see. Like I think as a, a participant, you generally want during the conference days to get pretty quickly to the program and the talks and to be able to find the talks that you want and get to them. There's also an issue of size. You know, we're a three-day conference. We have several parallel sessions, but it's also not more than that. So I think some some of the aspects of the off-the-shelf platforms were built in case you have you know, a thousand talks and, mm. you know, we, we may, you know, we'll have a hundred, we may have a little more than that. You know, that changes the kind of interface that you would design, right? So a lot of it is about searching and we're as much about browsing. I think people really want to be able to browse and look. There are funny detail level things too. One of the systems that we saw really doesn't have a way for you to see who's speaking without clicking an extra level, right? So you get the title and you get even, I think you can get the abstract, but you don't get to see who's speaking. And as somebody who wants to scan a program for what am I interested in going to, all of those are relevant. Like I want to know the title. I want to know what it's about. But I also want to know who the speakers are for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, sometimes they're people whose work I'm familiar with. Sometimes they're friends of mine. And I think, well, I really, I maybe I ought to think about going to that one. And I think a lot of people have a, a critical aspect in making that decision. So we wanted to be able to structure all of those things kind of in a, in a way that's appropriate for our needs. And, and I think when you're building an off-the-shelf platform the way some of those other companies are, especially because I think their most lucrative audience is the biggest, biggest shows. Mm -hmm. You run into some things that maybe aren't ideal. Another thing we ran into is more and more the big platforms really want people to register through them, which for us, first of all, was actually just sort of too late and we were, a lot of people registered. So that wasn't really, you know, going to be an option, but we also do like the experience to be through our site and through us, people are paying us. They're not paying this other, you know, third-party company. Like we don't, we really very badly don't want an outsourced feel to this, right? This right. is a conference that we feel is, it's very personal in a lot of ways. We have a lot of people who've been coming for years. We have a lot of new people as well every year. And it's, there's a community that we're establishing. And these are, are people who really care about the field and advancing the field and about working together. And so we don't really, something I'm sort of getting at that's harder to articulate. Like there is also just a little bit of a, a tone in some of the big platforms and the way that the entire experience feels that makes you feel a little bit more like, you know, like a number. I think that's probably necessary when you're building something for 10,000 people, but we are not. That's another thing that kind of pushed us a little bit away from the the platforms that were, were out there. Those are all important things for people to think about and to consider. And you mentioned that you have a team of technology specialists who will be modifying and making the, the adjustments that you need to customize this platform. But what do you think some of the key challenges will be? Something that maybe 
others should think about? What will be some of the key challenges in customizing? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Intervoke in particular is pretty well set up, I think, for being integrated into different platforms. So they have some you know, some ways to integrate into off-the-shelf sort of web authoring components, Squarespace and WordPress and those kinds of things. And it's a sort of simpler HTML pages and then a more substantial API for some more, you know, more serious programming. And we're going to actually have to see where our level even needs to be. We may not have to go all the way to the full API level, um, even though we do have a technical team that's very used to doing that. Um, for someone putting together a team, you know, a lot, I think there are definitely things to think about. The user experience design, you know, skill set is obviously critical, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about what do you want to do, who can really take that on and, and be the, you know, the steward of the learner and the user experience and have an advantage, obviously, that we've, we've done this conference and many conferences before and feel that we have a pretty good understanding of the audience and also some good people to talk to when we want some feedback. Um, but that's something that people have to really, you know, really think about. You know, graphics is part of it. So when you just go to an off-the-shelf platform, it looks the way it looks. Basically, you you know, you upload your logo, and otherwise, it looks the way it looks. But it looks professional generally. So you've got you know, that's another critical skill set. The technology skill set, of course, is going to matter. And interestingly, one of the bigger technical challenges, surprisingly, and, and even in the sort of drove whether how much we want to program versus kind of consider using one of the Squarespace or that kind of thing that you know we are not averse to, to using if it makes sense is the login system. So that turned out to be sort of a surprisingly challenging aspect of all of this. We want to make sure people are logged in. You know, you, you, you're paying for the conference. You, you know, this can't just be out on the web. So anybody who's not paying can go to it. And we also want people to be logged in as themselves so they can, if they choose network and be identifiable, if they choose to be identifiable as, as themselves. And so setting up the login piece turns out to be not as trivial as one would think. I mean, it's not a hard thing to do with actual programming, but to do it in, a, in an appropriate user experience way with anything less than really doing some actual programming turned out to not be uh, as easy as we thought. So that also helped drive our decision to go. We already were on the, had made the introvoke decision, but then when it came down to, do we try to do a, a, a less programming intensive approach where like, you know, one of our graphic designers can use Squarespace and really do it. We don't need much, if anything, in the way of taking our programmer's time. One of the things that really pushed us to we do need programming time was, was actually the login, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought that might be easier. Everybody has a login, but it isn't really a login that makes sense. And, and the off-the-shelf products like Squarespace kind of push you to, well, you're logging in to be a member of this site. It's like, well, no, we already have the people. And if, if they don't have an ID yet, then they need to register for the conference. So there's sort of a there's a degree to which a lot of the things that exist out there, both specific to both the full-fledged conference platforms, and then now we're getting into kind of, you know, Squarespace and Wix and the kind of WordPress and kind of build your own websites more easily, sort of quote unquote, no code, maybe, as they say. And, you know, there are limitations, right? So they, you know, they kind of are all, they try to be sort of self-complete in their own way, but it, it's hard to kind of take the parts that you want. And I think that also drove us to deciding to really, you know, we, we really like the introvoke approach of here's a component and you can put it in and ended up wanting to build everything else around that and, and try to keep it simple. We can't turn this into a, you know, we can envision giant software projects that this will not be, but this is still enough that it's going to be a software project for us. Right. Well, that is definitely something that I think sometimes is overlooked. The login, you take it for granted, but something to pay attention to in the demoing process on what that actually looks like and how to manage it. Yeah. Yeah, you, exactly. You would think that that's just something that you have, but you know, who, mm -hmm. where, where do they log in and who, you know, who has the data and 
if you already have people, how do they reset passwords and how yeah. much is you as the owners and operators of the conference, as opposed to a, a third party and how much do you control also what that experience looks and feels like, right? So, you know, we don't want people getting emails saying you're, you know, congratulations, you're a member of the WordPress site. I mean, that doesn't yeah. have any meaning in the context of a conference. Yes, it, it really does set the tone and it can be very frustrating. So having that to be a smooth and welcoming process simple process is really, really important. So that's that's a good thing to think about. And as we're thinking about the online experience, so you are starting to design the online experience, what people will see and hear and how they will interact. But of course, this is also a hybrid event. So the online experience, you want it to melt really well into the in-person experience and not to have two completely parallel conferences. So there's a lot to design in this, and I know you're at the beginning of that process. So let's just start and talk about how this process begins. How are you starting to plan the online experience for the Learning Ideas Conference? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I mean, everything I think for us in terms of design starts with the goals and trying to sort of articulate what we what we want to do. And so in this case, also the goals change a little bit potentially over time because we do want to release this. Um, maybe a month or so before the actual conference to give people time to sort of, you know, get a chance to maybe do some pre-networking if they have time and sort of, you know, get maybe make some connections, reestablish old connections, make some new ones and that yes. kind of thing. So we wanted to look at, yeah, the, basically the goals early on and then particularly the goals for the, the days of the conference where I think, you know, one of the key goals that emerged quickly is, is being able to see what's going on pretty quickly and easily, you know, what's going on right now and be able to find the things that you want, you know, by looking for titles and names and, and abstracts and all of those things. So those are, those are some of the key goals that came out. So for us, that's kind of the beginning is thinking about what those goals are. And the other thing to sort of touch on a point that you, you would start to get into about the hybrid nature is, you know, we're also paying attention to um, what the mobile experience is gonna be like for two reasons. I think from what we've heard and from my own experience, the people who are not there in person will more likely be on a laptop or a desktop mm -hmm. computer, right? So more often people, you know, from everything that we know, and I haven't seen any, you know, studies, but, you know, you know, will be on the laptop or desktop when they're at home or the office, right? Um, but people who are at the conference, we do want people to be able to be on mobile anyway. I and mean, if you're somewhere else and you want to chime in, then please do. But people who are at the conference, we're thinking about what kinds of things can they participate in if, even on their phones because they might not have their laptops open. Some mm -hmm. people will, some people won't. Right. So, you know, you want to watch something else when you're moving around. You want to network with people. So what I think our plan is for the in-person conference to still broadcast all of the talks, right? So we'll have talks that are in-person and talks that are online. So there will be a, a place or room at the conference facility where every talk is is shown to everyone you know room four might have you know in some years had a person in it room four will have a person in it who is monitoring you know but it will have a projector only you know will be showing a, a talk from from somewhere else but for participation we're, we're thinking a lot about how can both groups participate in person and online and i think mobile phones are going to be a, a significant part of that potentially i mean you know, obviously if you're there you can ask questions with your voice voices are still important but there, you know, there's also the possibility to do things via phone and we may, or laptop, if you want to sit down with your laptop. And, you know, particularly for the talks that are going to be given online, which is certainly going to be a number of them, you know, we may see that, you know, it may, you know, it may look seamless. We'll see how people use it. We want to have all those options. If you want to ask a question out loud, that's great. If you want to type a question through your phone or laptop and essentially participate in that part, the way that 
somebody would if they were an online participant, that's that's great too. Trying to make things accessible and, and not confusing in any way, like there's no question about what should I do, but that it's clear that you can do things in, in different ways and, and in ways that are more comfortable for you. And so those are the large set of goals that we're kind of playing around with. And, and even to get to this point with Introvoke, we tested the components significantly on mobile to make sure that we were comfortable, that everything looks, you would think it would in this day and age, but just to be sure that everything scaled well and looked good and that people could have a good experience watching a, a talk on their phones if they choose to do so. And I think that would not be the people at the conference, but people somewhere else. It also gives you, you know, you may find somebody who like, you know, wants to go get a coffee and take a break, but they still want to keep an eye on the talk, right? So it, it kind of expands ex- expands things in that way. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. So all of those are goals that we've sat down with as we've started this design process. And then we're also thinking about kind of, you know, just what do you need to see at the beginning? What's protected by a login? And, you know, what's the best way that we can make that pretty clean experience and not ask you to log in, you know, over and over again. That's a bit of an issue too. Like some of the systems want you to log into every talk. And so we want you're logged in once and then you do the minimum, you click on a link and you should be able to just get to the talk. You don't have to log in and tell anybody your password again. You've already, you know, you've already done that. Exactly. You don't want extra barriers for sure. Exactly. Are there any features to the platform you selected that really does enable this hybrid connection so that those in the room and those online can feel that in, in some sense they're there together? Uh, I think um, I, mean, I think the answer is yes, but, but some of that is up to us, right? So I think that the, the pieces are there and we have to kind of figure out the right way to put them into practice. You know, I think the other, the, the off-the-shelf systems that we saw were set up in, in that you could, you know, interact from in person or, or online. But I think that the way that we use them will dictate sort of how easy it is to, to get people to do things. And we're, we're spending time thinking about kind of, you know, the things that we were talking about before, like when, when are people going to want to interact with each other? You know, well, can they best network, whether they're in person or not? And both of those groups be sort of, you know, more, more of a seamless, one large group that has, you know, it's one large group in different locations rather than yes. two groups in that sense. And that's kind of the overall goal we're looking for. Um, there are some other features that we're going to experiment with, like a QR code you can scan with your phone to get you into a session faster and make sure that, you know, and that's something we'll do if it, if it makes sense to do and it's easier to, you know, and it does work the kind of the way that we need. Um, so there are some of those kinds of features, but I think more for us, it's about, you know, using the components of, for the talks and the chats and, and the networking components and structuring those in a way that, that it does feel like, you know, as much as it can, like, one large group, you know, I'm not sure we'll quite get to the point of you're standing online for coffee at the real conference and, you know, somebody who's not at the real, at the in-person conference can really, you know, reach you. I, I think that I might reach the creepy level if they, you know, <laughs> if they did that anyway, Right. but, uh, but we are trying to make it feel like as much as we can, that it's a, it's a big group and trying to leverage the, the components that we have mm-hmm. to do that. Absolutely. And there's unique ways definitely that to work around that, which, uh, you know, you can't stand in line at, for coffee at the same time, but uh, but there's other ways of connecting. So I look forward to seeing what you're going to be designing. And do you foresee any key challenges in the way that you're going to be modifying and, and changing the system to enable hybrid? I, I mean, it's a challenge in the sense that this is, I think, something new that we haven't really seen. You know, we're really trying to do something that's that's new and different, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's just a sort of a big picture design challenge there of doing this really for the first time. Um, especially because it's also our first hybrid conference as organizers. We've, I mean, I've spoken at a couple of hybrid conferences, although the ones that I've spoken at have been a little, you know, I haven't seen anything that's been as um, integrated as we're hoping to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I've seen certainly conferences where there's some people in person, some people are on Zoom and, and that, that works. There's nothing wrong with that, but we are trying to take it 
a level more. So there's just a, you know, designing anything new is, is, you it's know, a process. it's a process. It's, you know, Definitely. it's, it's agonizing. It's, yes. you know, it's, it's heart wrenching. It will keep you up at night. It will do all of these things. And you know, that going in and, you know, you'll get to a certain part of it and say, what was I thinking? What were we thinking? Let's <laughs> reconsider that. And, you know, 90% of the time you probably decided that was pretty good actually, after all, maybe 10% of the time, maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> so it's going to be all of those things, right? Exactly. And, it's- we have chosen to, you know, wade into that deep end, you know, and we're in the middle of it now and trying to kind of get through the rest of that part over the next, you know, a couple of weeks so we can move on to, to implementation. And it is a, a smaller scale implementation than like a lot of things we build as a, you know, an online learning slash uh, software tech company. So at least there, at least there's that. So Definitely. there is time, but it does. Yeah, it is certainly, uh, you know, by taking this on, we are taking on a, a challenge in, in terms of just thinking and understanding the goals and audience and trying to be creative and experimenting with different things and, mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there a little bit too, right? I mean, we're taking ownership and that's, yes. you know, that's the other thing, right? We, we, we can't really say, you know, well, it's the vendor, it's the best vendor we could find, right? I mean, it's going to be, you know, an experience that we've come up with and, and that gives us a lot of, a lot of control and flexibility in the future and for this year, but also means that, you know, we are, we are practicing what we preach and we are deciding we're, we're saying, let's, let's go out and do this. If, if there's something that people don't like or want to do differently, then, you know, we're the ones to talk to, but we also are, you know, it's, it, it's a level away from, Hey, yeah, we didn't like that either about this vendor. And there just wasn't anything better out there. We can't say that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And this is, th- this is what makes it so exciting is because certainly a hybrid event often is understood as well. You have the online component and then you'll have the in-person component. But really what you're trying to do and what we're talking about in this series is bringing it together. How do you bring it together so that they're not two separate events? Increasingly more and more, we're going to have hybrid events because they offer a lot of fantastic possibilities for people to, to join in when otherwise they wouldn't have been able to. You and your team are exploring the unique ways that that can happen and the ways that we can interact. So it's a really fantastic, fantastic opportunity. As you're reflecting back on this phase of the process, what advice would you have for people designing the online component of this hybrid event? Is there something that you think people should really think about and pay attention to? I mean, you've already said so much, but what would you highlight? Yeah, I think, I don't know that my answer is as specific. I think it really comes down to putting yourself in the position of the users of the, you know, the conference speakers and attendees. And really is both of those too, because that's something we've had to think about a lot. You know, the things you need to do for the speakers are also different. There's up, there's behind the scenes stuff we're doing. They're setting up the videos and making sure we know how they're going to share their slides and making sure that they can connect and that there's some place they can be connected and ready, but not on stage, so to speak. And so there are all those factors as well. Uh, but so the, the short version really comes down to, you know, think about, you know, think about the use cases, think about what you want those to be right so there's you know this is this is the thing about doing something new right so when if we were doing this just for the online conference we'd be able i think say think about what it's like in past experience and that's a big step mm-hmm. we're trying to take that one step further which is what can the use cases be like right because it's a you know we don't really have a lot of we don't really have a lot to go on. We have a lot of experience in in-person conferences. We have a lot of experience in online conferences. We have a lot of experience in design, but we haven't seen a conference that integrates the way that we're trying to integrate. It doesn't mean there haven't been any out there, but it is a different set of goals. So I think if you're trying to look for even just an online platform, it really comes down to put yourself in the position of, of the user. And even when you're talking to the vendors, if you're in that kind of, of situation, to try to, I think, drive the vendor conversation 
along the lines of what you want people to do because there's a tendency for especially the salespeople to tell you what they can do and you want to think about like well what what do i want people to do and can we do it and sometimes you uncover some some surprises that's great very very good advice and so what's next we discussed where you're at right now in the planning process but what's next for you and your team yeah in terms of the uh the the platform itself next is uh you know kind of a big a big push uh, to get the design completed and move on to the implementation stage and get that through implementation and QA and all that. So it's, you know, finish the design process and then, you know, move on to really the, for us, it's the, the graphic stage of sketching out the screens and the look and feel based on kind of the wireframes that we're developing now, uh, which are kind of the, the black and white sketches of what the process can be like and what the interactions can be like. And then move on to implementation and testing and, you know, get that out and done. And then sort of the final stage after getting the, you know, kind of what we were calling the, the our own internal platform set is then got overlaps a little bit, but it's getting the specific talks, getting the program determined what's going to be at what time, and then getting all the links for the specific talks done and, and implemented and, and ready so that everything is set. And then there's more organization for our team as well. And, you know, notifying all the, the speakers about what, what the links are and when to be when and, and where they need to be and what they need to prepare and, and all that. So there's a, and do a test. So there's a whole set of, of work that comes on after that as, as well. So, but for right now it's really get through the design, you know, get, get the sort of conceptual design done and some sketches and get the, the look and feel done and, and move on to implementation and all that's really in just a, you know, a short time from now so we can get everything, you know, wrapped up and, and fully, you know, fully tested with lots of advance notice, which always is uh, you know, the kind of thing we want to do. We, we have the advantage of knowing that the components work, right? The, you know, the key components, the meetings, you go to that link, you work, you know, yeah. that's going to work. And we know that, and that's a third party thing. So that, that eases some of the, the concerns that one might have about implementing something even three months out from a conference, mm. but because with things that we're implementing are the relatively easier technical things, which is really a dangerous thing to say, but it is, it is true in a sense, right? So, you know, we are leveraging those components so substantially that we know you make a link to a, an introvoke meeting and we know what it does and we know what it looks like. And we know that it's, that works the same way a meeting would work and hop in or, or, or something else. That is really good. Well, there's a lot to still be done and I'm looking forward to our next special episode where we're going to delve into the next big phase of what you're doing and how you are customizing, creating the hybrid event. Until then, if anybody would like to take a look at more of what you're doing with the Learning Ideas Conference, the link is in the show notes. So please take a look. I'm really looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you very much, David. Thanks so much. It's always great to be here and, and talk through things with you. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation as well. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.